right, good evening and Merry Christmas. All right, it's good to see you tonight and so glad that you decided to make this candlelight service part of your Christmas celebration this year. We're going to begin by reading part of the Christmas story. So it's from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, the account goes like this. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused, espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's ask God to bless the service tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you that this wonderful night we've set this time aside, Lord, to focus on you, to realize that every joy that we have, every bit of happiness that we enjoy this season is because of the gift of your love and your grace. So Lord, I pray that our hearts would all be drawn close to you. Lord, I pray that we would truly worship you tonight in our singing of the carols, Lord, in the time that we spend in your word. Please speak to each heart in a way that only you can. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together as we sing Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come.
It was 500 years before the birth of Christ that the prophet Isaiah wrote this. And this scripture really focuses on the identity of that baby in the manger. You know, this time of year, wherever you go, you see the Christmas imagery and people who normally are not even interested in spiritual or religious things, they see the picture, they see the, the images of the baby in the manger. But it's important to remember who he is. Isaiah 7:14, again, 500 years before the birth of Christ, this was prophesied. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name, would you say it with me? Shall call his name Emmanuel. We know that name Emmanuel. It means that God is with us. Just for those that maybe this is your I don't know, could be your 70th run through the Christmas story this year. I'm not sure it could be your seventh run through the Christmas story this year. But wherever you are in that, you've heard that word, Emmanuel, let it sink in that God is with us. And then in the New Testament in Matthew, when the angel came to Joseph, that same statement is made. Matthew 1 and verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. That's the prophet that we just read, Isaiah, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, would you say it with me again, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You can remain seated as we sing, we'll come, we'll come Emmanuel in a little town of
beautiful truth, beautiful song, a beautiful truth, and it really ties in with what I want to speak to you for just a few minutes about tonight. There's another prophecy. We read one from the book of Isaiah about Emmanuel, that God is with us. But there's another prophecy about the birth of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, it begins, and I just want to, I just kind of want to prepare you a little bit for what takes place here. It begins in a dark place. And you're looking at the verse probably right now, and you're like, oh, I can see that. Not a very bright and cheerful Christmas verse, right? The people that walked in darkness. Oh, but the verse brightens up. The people that walked in darkness have seen a what? A great light. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death. Upon them hath the light shined. And I love the candlelight service. And as you hold that candle in just a few minutes, it, I'm, just, I'm always reminded of probably the most well-known spiritual song. You don't have to go to church to know somebody holding a candle is going to sing a song like, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But you hold that candle and... and all of us of all ages in this room, some of the parents, if your Christmas isn't stressful enough, you're going to put fire in your kids' hands before the night is over, and they're going to hold it. So, but we're, young and old, everybody's going to have that candle, and it's, it's a symbol. And the symbol of the light of the season is the light of Jesus Christ. And the need of every heart throughout all of the ages of history, back in the time of this prophet Isaiah. And doesn't that seem so unrelatable? Like, doesn't it seem like, oh, you're reading, we're reading from something of people so long ago, it feels like a different universe. The way people lived, their lives were so different, there was no technology. In some ways, to imagine the people who this passage was first given to, it seems like a universe away. But what's amazing is the condition of the heart has been the same throughout every epoch of history. And this was written to a group of people who were experiencing not a time of song and happiness and celebration, but they're experiencing a great difficulty. And you can, if, if you like to study and learn these things, you can research what was taking place when this was given. But just take my word for it tonight. Things at this moment for these people were not going well. But there was a ray of hope, a ray of sunlight that was given to them in this prophecy of the Christmas story. And it says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
a great light. Notice, first of all, the people in darkness. What does darkness signify? What does the darkness signify? And just think about that for a minute. Does this mean that, that it was just there's this dark, wicked evil around? Well, probably something like that. But in fact, darkness signifies uncertainty, fear, the unknown. How many of you were? How many of you are afraid of the dark? You can do a were or an are. There's that. I'll never forget when I was, thank you. I'll never forget when I was maybe 11 years old. When I was 11 years old, I slept over my friend's house. Now, my friend is actually in the room right now, which is funny. It's kind of ironic. But I slept over my friend's house, maybe about 11 years old. At the time, that was over at the, uh, at the Brayton Hill. And my, my friend lived there and went and stayed there. And um, at my house at night, it was always a little bit. There was a little bit of light. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's a night light. There's something. But when I but I stayed I stayed at my friend's house that night, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I could not see a thing. I mean, have you ever been in that darkness where your hand you cannot see your hand? in front of your face, and I wake up at 11 years old to find the bathroom in a strange house where I don't, and I can't see a thing, and there I go through the house. If, you, I, if only there were, there were no cameras in people's houses back then, but it would have been quite the sight to see 10 or 11-year-old me with my hands feeling along the walls to try to find where in the world, and I'll let you imagine how it worked out. Did I find it or not? That's up to your imagination, but... I'm wandering in the darkness. Darkness is intimidating. It's scary. There's uncertainty. Can't, I don't know what step lies ahead. It's interesting that sometimes you and I, sometimes we face dark days, don't we? Some seasons of life just feel full of laughter and brightness and sunshine. And then we go through days and times where we feel like these people, the people that walked in darkness. You know, there's darkness that's external. Sometimes people, are, they're struggling financially and they just find themselves in a season of life where it's just like, man, I just don't know what step to take next. I'm just not sure what is going to happen. And we can, we can think about it and we can just kind of put it over here. But really, th when those moments come, they grip a hold of us. They grab a hold of us, don't they? The darkness. There's, a, there's, there's external darkness in our life. People face financial struggles or sickness. Or maybe there's relationship struggles. Or losing a loved one is a, is a darkness that can come. And really, that's this scripture. The people, they walked in darkness. Those who they dwell in the land of the shadow of death. But we don't just face darkness sometimes on the outside, but sometimes there's darkness that's internal. It's not just external, it's internal. People struggle with things like worry and fear or anxiety or depression. Or maybe there's guilt over my past failures or my past mistakes. And how many of you know that it's sometimes at this time of year when when the, the whole world seems to be like celebrating and there's lights and fun and parties, that sometimes these are the times when people struggle the most. 
Where does this come from? Why did the people walk in darkness? Well, the good news is the Bible, the, the Word of God tells us where it comes from, and it tells us how to bring the light into life, a real light. We know that it comes from sin. It comes from the fact that each and every person that's ever been born, we have broken God's law. We're sinners. We've stepped into darkness. In many ways, we are the ones that have brought the darkness into our lives and into the world. Now, God could have just left us in the darkness. God would have been just as perfect and holy and righteous if he said to us, do you know what? You made your choices. This is your life. Now you deal with it. And that wouldn't have changed the goodness of God at all. He would have been just as righteous. But God's love was so great. God's love is so great that he said, despite the fact that the people have chosen to walk in darkness. In fact, Jesus says in the book of John that people prefer the darkness to the light because it hides our behavior and our sin. But God in his love, in his grace said, I will shine down on them. I will bring light. Now I want you to notice, so we saw the people in darkness, but now you need to see the great light. It says here, the people, let's, let's go back to, to where we were, yep. The people that walked in darkness have seen, they didn't just see a light. Now, we've kind of dimmed the lights. Now, would you say this is a light? This is not a trick question this evening. Would you say this is a light? Yes, absolutely. Would you say this is a great light? Probably not. When you think of the light, when you think of the light, what the scriptures say here, the light of Jesus Christ, the light of the promised one, it doesn't just say that God shined a little light in the world. It says that the people saw what kind of a light? A great light. A light like the brightness of the sun. In fact, if you know the story of the Bible at the end, speaking about heaven and the great city that's been prepared for the people of God, it says that in that at, in, in heaven, there is no need for the sun because of the brightness of the light of the glory of Jesus. It's a, it's a bright, and he is a great, great light. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. But you know something? What I've discovered is that sometimes in our lives, we settle for the lesser lights. We settle for small lights. If you, if you are trying to find your way, listen, you can, this, this candle, if we turned all the lights, this candle would help me out a little bit. But I couldn't get very far in my life in utter darkness with this little candle. But the fact is, there, while there are lesser lights that people turn to, eventually those lights go out. You say, what are you, what are you referring to? Well, in contrast to the great lights, there are lesser lights that people fill up in their lives. Things like fun times and laughter and parties and celebrations and money and activities and events that people will turn to. And do you know what happens? 
when our lives feel dark, when our lives feel, uh, feel discouraged, when darkness seems to settle in, we, we, we try to flip a little bit of a light. And we say, you know what? I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a celebration. I'm going to do this. I'm going to experience this. And, so, and we do it in our families. And we have moments that we look back to. And there's fun and laughter and entertainment. And when those things happen, Christmas morning is a little light, isn't it? Now, it's, it's, it's a fun light. It's bright. But don't you wish, some of you that are older, you remember your kids and those fun times. Don't you wish that you could have bottled that little bit of light up and just saved it forever? Almost like kids with their fireflies in a jar. We just wish that these moments of fun, these moments of temporary joy, that we could just hang on to them forever. But they were never intended to be the true and abiding light in our lives. In fact, every little, every little bit of enjoyment we will experience and, and laughter and fun and all of that, that is light. That is a gift from God. But it's not the true light. It's not the permanent light. Because eventually, we have to pack up the party. We have to put the decorations back in the box and we have to turn out the lights. And it's dark again. But that is not so when you have the light of the Lord Jesus in your life. You see, the Bible describes the light of Christ as the great light. Jesus described it this way, or it's described this way in John chapter 1 and verse number 9. It's speaking of Jesus. It says, Jesus was the true light. Jesus, he was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You see, we have a need for this great and permanent shining light in our lives. But how could it happen? Who could bring this? Who could bring something that lasts forever? Well, we know it's Jesus. And in fact, back in Isaiah, this same passage that talks about the light, it describes how the light has come. And this great light is described, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> this great light is described as a son, a child. Isaiah 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born. Remember back in verse number, back in verse number 2, it said that there, that there would be a great light that shined. And here, if you, if, yeah, go ahead to the next verse right there. The one before that. Yep. For unto us, a child is born. Where did the light come from? The light came when the child was born in Bethlehem. God with us. Now notice how personal this verse is. This has always stood out to me, how personal this verse is. Jesus, the birth of Jesus Christ is a historical fact, but it is so much more than a piece of history. Because the birth of Jesus Christ is personal. The birth of Jesus Christ has deep meaning, meaning not just for the whole world, but for you and for me. Who did the sun come for? Who did the light shine for? For us. For unto us a child is born. Not only is it personal, but you notice that the, the, this was a gift, freely given. Unto us a child is born, 
unto us a son is given. That's amazing. The king of all the universe humbled himself to become a gift for you and for me. Freely given to us. It's personal. Can I ask you this tonight? Do you have, do you have a personal relationship with the Son of God, the light of the world? Do you? And if you do, would you lean into that relationship this Christmas season? Would you take time tonight and tomorrow to remember that Jesus came not to give us a holiday, but Jesus came to save us from our sins and to change our lives? That is why he came. He was given for us. And then what happens from that, the rest of, the, of this prophecy about the coming Christ tells us what it would look like when he came. Not just when he came for the world, but when he came for you and when he came for me. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You see, this is the great contrast. What you see right there is the life, the quality of life that only Jesus Christ can bring. In contrast to the people who sat or walked, the people who walked in darkness, they saw a great light. Why? Because the light is wonderful. He is wonderful. He's the counselor. When in, rather than being in the darkness, uncertain of the next step to take, there's one who promised to be by our side, to never leave us and never to forsake us. He is wonderful. He is counselor. But how can he be all of these things? Because he is the mighty God. Because he is the everlasting father. And he has come to replace the darkness in the hearts of men and women with peace. That says, despite what happens on the outside, despite how dark life can get or how bright life can be, regardless, that there can be a peace, a light that shines, and a light that will lead us to eternal life in heaven. Would you let Jesus be the light of your life tonight. You say, yes, I've done that. I've received Jesus as my Savior. He is my light. Then would you worship him for the light that he shined? I asked a few minutes ago if you have a personal relationship with Christ. The reason I ask that is because Jesus didn't come to start a holiday or to found a religion he came to know men and women personally. He came to be your savior. So the question is, is he your savior? Has there ever been a time in your life where you have come to God and you've said, Lord, I am a sinner. I've brought all kinds of darkness into my life. I understand, God, that I could never measure up I could never measure up 
to who you are because I'm a person in darkness. But I believe that Jesus Christ came for me. I believe that not only was he born in a manger, but he lived a perfect life. He was crucified on the cross, and on the third day, he rose from the dead to prove he is the mighty God. Have you ever asked him to be your savior? Have you ever personally made the decision? I'm not, not asking if you've been to church, if you've been baptized, if you've taken communion, any of those things. Those are actually kind of irrelevant. The question is, have you received Christ? If there's any doubt in your mind, if there's any doubt at all in your mind, would you make this Christmas of 2022, would you make this the night, this Christmas Eve the night, that you make certain that you have a relationship with Christ? You say, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to know that Jesus is my Savior. Well, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to invite you to receive the Lord Jesus. Many in this room have done that. Many have, perhaps all, I don't know, the heart of every person. But many of us have come to that time in our life where we said, I've had enough of the darkness. I've had enough of living my way. I'm going to turn to the light of Christ. Would you do that tonight? I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you'd like to receive Christ, there's no... There's no power in, in the prayer that I say. It's in a heart that is ready to turn to Christ. But I'll lead you in a prayer. And if you'd like to receive Christ, you can quietly call out to him tonight. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Would you, if you are ready to receive Christ, would you, say, would you pray to him? Say, dear God, dear God, I do know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know that I walk in darkness. And thank you so much that you love me. Thank you that you love me. Lord, right now, I admit my sin. I believe, Jesus, that you died and rose again for me. And I ask you to save me. I put my full faith and my full trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. Would you pray something like that right now? You say, I don't remember the, the, the words. It's not about the words, it's about the heart. Just tell, tell the Lord Jesus, say, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died and rose again for me. And I put my full faith and my full trust in you and you alone. Would you do that? Make certain tonight, right now. And for those who have received the Lord, as we sing silent night would you just sing prayerfully would you give christ the glory and the honor that is due his name tonight let's pray lord jesus we love you because you first loved us i thank you lord that you've given us the opportunity to worship you this christmas please bless each heart bless each family that's gathered here lord bless each person i pray that we'd all draw close to you in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to hand out the candles right now. And then in a few minutes, we'll all sing together as we light the candles.
stand together and sing Silent Night. be dismissed with prayer tonight. Let's look to the Lord. God, we love you and we thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for the time that we've had tonight gathered together. Please bless us as we depart. Give us a wonderful celebration of your love and your birth. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. 
If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.